Hey guys, welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. This is live on Facebook. I am Mike. We have Messi. What's up? And so we are getting used to this whole process. We're getting used to being able to switch on the fly. So uh, <laughs> bear with us as we're learning this process. But yeah. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for coming back. It is 6 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Messi, what day is it? It's Resurrection Day. And most people think, like, we're talking about Romans 13, but um, Christ resurrected for liberty, man. Amen. And and it wasn't just spiritual liberty. It was, if we're made free spiritually, why can't we be free naturally? And so we're going to be talking about some different things today, um, especially this whole talk, uh, topic about Romans 13 um, and, and 1 Peter 2. So we're going to be addressing a lot of different things today. Yes, and uh, include in that. You may have seen uh, A.G. Barr. We are going to talk about what's going on with the churches, with the, the coronavirus. Uh, with that, we wanted to point out some of these situations, not because we want to just harp on what's going wrong. Uh, there's a lot of people that are easily doing that. Look, we all are seeing what's happening in our country. We're seeing a lot of events unfold where authority is becoming tyrannical i mean if you're not allowed to go for a drive just to get out of the house uh, there's something wrong with that if a church is not allowed to each sit in their car and listen to the service on the radio there's something wrong with that uh, but what we're going to do is we are going to institute hope into this conversation it's really important to point out the moments of hope and i think ag Barr really did that mm -hmm. for us you know yeah and to, to kind of start this off, we're talking about AG Barr. We're talking about how, what is the state authority? What is a federal authority? What is constitutional authority? Where do you, you know, how does that all correlate? Because obviously we want the power in the states and with the people. But what happens when the states become tyrannical? Now, this is when the federal government can say, hey, are they violating natural rights, inalienable rights? And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But that is when the federal government steps in and says, no, we have guaranteed you, according to the Constitution, a Republican form of government, which means it's it's represented. It's not just something that's unilateral. People can't just pass whatever they want. And so we're going to be discussing why it's important that the attorney general would say something to the states like, hey, stop it. You cannot force churches to close. You can't force things to do this or you can't force businesses to close or churches to close. You can't do anything like that because, you know, again, we're going to talk about Romans 13. We're going to talk about 1 Peter 2. And what does the government consider essential? And why do they think they have the authority to consider something essential? Absolutely. So first off, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what's going on specifically, and then we're going to connect it to Romans 13, right. uh, 1 Peter 2. So getting started, Let's I'm going it. to show you. Uh, we've got this on the blaze. Uh, this was something that I was excited when I saw it. Uh, and I, I, I remember if I texted you or I, I called you. Um, but AG Barr is taking action against government officials who are regulating religious gatherings. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. I love this. I'm so excited. And that's, that's kind of where the hope is, is, look, you have people who are fighting for you. Uh, you have people who are fighting for your liberty and your rights. And we can get into should the church be open or not right uh, but <laughs> let's, let's which is a stupid i mean it, it, that's a mood point you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's up to them but go ahead yeah no exactly it's it it should be up to the church so there were a couple events which yep. i, I kind of want to just go through some of these events uh we had in tampa bay the pastor who was going to leave his church open they had service he ended up having a warrant out for his arrest the sheriff kind of came out you know holding his vest and proud of the fact that he he made sure that church was shut down. He went after that pastor. Um, and 
thankfully, DeSantis made sure that there was basically a carve out for right. churches in the stay at home orders. They made churches essential and and that that gave churches the leeway to do what they they wanted to do. And we can talk about the importance of the church actually being open. Um, but many churches across the country, they've been having drive in services. Um, everybody stays in their car. Windows are up. The radios are on. And there was a church in uh, Mississippi who the mayor determined they weren't even allowed to do that. The police came out, started threatening $500 fines to anybody who wasn't going to leave. Um, just kind of this pestering idea. Right. In Louisville, uh, they banned these drive-in services for Easter, going as far as to say that if you, if you were at a Easter service, they would write down your license plate number, and then the Department of Health would come to your door and enforce a 14-day quarantine. <laughs> I just – what? Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Just, just keep going because I'm, I'm already <laughs> tripping right now about that. Like this stuff kind of scares you. And and what worries me is people are starting to say, well, it's it's just for a little while. It's okay. You know, Don't worry about it. We need to do what we need to do. There's always a good reason for tyranny. Uh, and we say, no, there's not. It's, it's not a good reason. No, once you're conditioned, you start to see the quote-unquote good reasoning behind the tyranny that's produced. They're not going to just come in and say, well, we want to control you. That r there you go. You know, they're, they're going to come in with a crisis or a reason. Yes. Um, so last month you had Bill de Blasio. He said that he would permanently shut down churches and synagogues that did not apply uh, comply with his order not to gather. Right. You know, there's there's been these events that have gone on where because of quote unquote health issues, the churches shouldn't stay open. Yeah, which is kind of a again one of those points that's like it's not even a point. And here's why. I, I, so you, you guys know I had someone call last week sometime. Uh, basically saying that the church shouldn't be meeting. It's irresponsible for the church to meet uh, because, you know, I've read some articles that it's spreading it's spreading the disease. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, let, let, let's, let's be honest here. He didn't point out the fact that Walmart is open right now. He didn't point out the fact that uh, Target is open right now. He didn't point out the fact that, uh, you know, other places like Publix are open, except for today. Isn't it the first time most of these businesses shut down for Easter? Yeah, yeah, kind of weird, huh? Like weird. Like okay, <laughs> that's cool. I mean, do do your thing. I'm not I'm not against that. I guess if you want to shut down, uh, couldn't go get steaks today, but that's okay. It's, I, it's I your tried choice. To go to Lowe's. That's, I can do that. Yeah, it's your yeah, choice, whatever. I guess. Right. Fine, I'll uh, buy but, my mulch elsewhere. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll buy it on the side of the road, I guess. Uh, but back to Romans 13. Think about this. So so you have a government that is telling you a local government right now that is saying you can't meet in your churches. And I, I got a a, a, a a phone call last week about it saying we were wrong. Mm -hmm. Got into the whole thing. I got a, a message last night saying, you know, we shouldn't be conspiracy theorists. We should be Christians. And I said to him, why is it called conspiracy theory when I'm a student of history? When do you know of any society that strips their rights outright? Wait, can can I ask a question? Go like ahead. How what was the thought process of it being conspiracy theory? What were they considering to be conspiracy because theory? Because he said that churches, the, 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 the right to religious practice isn't being attacked. And I said, okay, no, but what's to stop them from doing it? Because they regulate the internet now, right? Yeah. So w what's going to stop them? And, and people are like, that's not going to happen. 
Folks, listen to me. On college campuses, you mention Trump. You mention anything like that. They call they have something called safe spaces where they're trying to tell people you got to learn how to talk to people. You can't call people man or woman. You can't do. I mean, it's already happening where they're trying to silence your speech, right? And so now we have uh, places where you can't even congregate in your car. It's called a drive-up service for crying out loud. They're observing these things. And so I said to the guy, "It doesn't matter to me if the church is shut down. I'm not mad if they did. If it was their choice." But when it comes down to where they're using the scriptures to justify listening to government when it's tyrannical, I'm sorry, I, you, you lost me on that one. That's why we want to talk about it. So when we saw this article about A.G. Barr, I was like, okay, the attorney general is going to step in and say something. Here's my only fear about that. Is that more it's, federal encroachment? It's, it's you know, what I mean? Are they, government with government. Right. You know? it's, it's fighting government with government. Now, they should be doing it, but what's, again— how far are they going to take this one? Again, so when I said to him about conspiracy theories, I said, you know, I've, I've studied history a lot, a whole lot. And I've noticed that even in Nazi Germany, I think it took them almost six years to overthrow the German Constitution. Hitler's right, their whole yeah. deal. Six years to overthrow the German Constitution. It wasn't overnight. Uh, these, these places that had freedom and liberty, it wasn't overnight that these places got stripped of their liberties. It was slowly but surely, and, and Thomas Jefferson said it's a small encroachment is what happens. And it's not something that, again, that happens quickly. It's just little things here or there, little by little by little. Go ahead. Yep, absolutely. And that's that's what concerns me about this situation is everybody saying, well, it's for a good reason. It's for a good reason. It's for short term. The problem with that is now you're creating precedent. And I know we talked about that last week, this idea of precedent. And what happens is the reason will always be there. There's always a good reason that can come up as to why you shut the doors. Now, a lot of I've even seen people post stuff online about how you're you're not a good pastor. If you leave your doors open, you don't care about your congregation. You know, you're you're more interested in getting the tithes than you are the lives of your congregation. Right, right, right. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the high road. So Walmart's <laughs> only interested in sales, not, you know what I mean? That's so stupid. It's just, it's, I mean, and I'm not being mean. I hope that doesn't come across. It, it does come across. I mean, I'm not trying to be. I'm not. But it's like to blame the church for wanting tithes. Really? So why is it your intentions are good to shut down my doors, but somehow my intentions to keep the doors open are bad? Yep. Yeah. And Let's that, keep going. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I want people to understand you were you were talking about history. You know, a lot of times Nazi Germany gets up, uh, gets brought up. The other the other side of that is the Soviet Union and what they did. And they were much more antagonistic towards churches and religion. Um, but you have to remember that for a long time, Russia was actually a very religious nation. Right. Right. They they weren't an atheistic nation per se but when when you had communism move in you had had this this encroachment you had the revolution everything started to shift and all of a sudden the churches were one of the the hardest right. hit right the churches were shut down believers purely for being believers were sent to the gulags and we don't hear about the gulags because we're too busy hearing about the concentration camps in germany they were going on at the same that's time that's and, really good and at least germany and, and as bad as this sounds Germany still had an allowance for Christianity. Right. Um, communism didn't. Mm -hmm. And purely because you were a believer, you could be sent to the gulags. And we're, we're not trying to say America is going to have gulags in the next 10, 20 years. We don't know that. But, but we don't know that. And there's, there are these steps that get taken to re 
rework a society and a culture right. into something where they can accept the idea of having churches shut down permanently. Right. Especially in an age of technology, think about the idea of, well, our church buildings, because this is the new normal of, of high susceptibility to COVID-19, we're just going to leave church buildings shut right. because it's a mass gathering. You guys can do it online. You guys can have your services online. You can pray at home. You can still have the freedom of worship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look who's telling you. This is a perfect segue into Romans 13. Let's just get into it, right? Because, you know, Mark Twain once said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. But if you do read it, you're misinformed. Boom. You think about it, right? <laughs> Many of the people that said that they believed President Trump when he called things fake news. Many of those same people believe the media right now about this whole mess. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude, it's crazy what's happening right now. Uh, and and I'm not, I'm not. What what I believe this is happening, and we've been talking a lot uh, about this a lot at church, that it's exposing things that we had wrong in us, yeah. like if it was fear, uh, family issues, all these other things. Like it's exposing right now what's going on, and so we're seeing a lot of things exposed. But I'm going to read you a quote by Frederick Bastiat, and he said this. If the natural tendencies of mankind are so bad that it's not safe to permit people to be free, how is it that the tendencies of these organizers are always good? Mm -hmm. Why is it that they can tell you, oh, you meet bad, but we meet good? They can still have their congressional sessions. They can still do all those things. They'll, they'll determine what is good and what is not. Who gave them that authority is yeah. the question, right? Let's continue. He said this. Do not the legislators and their appointed agents also belong to the human race? Or do they believe that they themselves are made of a finer clay than the rest of mankind? So what he's saying is everybody's on the equal playing field here. We're all born with natural rights, inalienable rights given to us by God. And most people miss this term, inalienable. They don't know what that means. So to them, it's like, if you take my rights for temporary safety, it's okay, right? And we use that quote out of context of Benjamin Franklin said, those that can give up essential liberties to obtain uh, temporary safety deserve neither. I know what he was saying in that phrase, but it's really true if, yeah. you, if you take it in its modern term. Go ahead. And I, I just wanted to interject for one second because people are like, well, you know, they're not going to take that away. But the police officer in Mississippi actually said, you know, your rights are being stripped right now. That's right. Like, and, and, the Constitution and, stopped. Yeah, it, it stopped. It's martial law was this idea that he's putting forth, which that should chill everybody that a person in an authority position is saying, your rights can be removed from you if, if a situation yes. determines I yeah. can make that call. Yeah. Guys, and if you don't mind, share the video. Uh, I want people to know this because I'm really tired of people twisting Scripture. See... What's funny, what's cool about scripture is there's so many great things, but there's so many things too that were, were, were written during a time where there was a Caesar or where there was a monarchy. We have something called a constitutional republic. So when you're talking about the authorities, we're going to go through Romans 13 right now, and I'm going to read you a preface uh, from uh, Reverend Dr. Jonathan Mayhew. This guy actually was uh, basically said by John Adams that he was one of the most influential preachers at the time of the founding. It was like these guys that were thinkers. He said this. It was a preface to Romans 13. This is what he wrote. It is hoped that but a few of you will think the subject of the sermon an improper one to be discoursed on the pulpit under the notion that it's preaching politics instead of Christ. So in other words, people are like, you can't get involved in government. You worship the Constitution. I've heard that. Yep, My buddy Jared and I were talking about it. Jared Engskow. We were talking about it, and, and I'll get into that in a second. It says this. However, to remove all prejudices of this sort, I beg it may be remembered that all Scripture is profitable for doctrine 
for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. Why then should not those parts of scripture which relate to civil government be examined and explained from the desk as well as others? Mm -hmm. Why can we talk about how to be a good godly family and a good godly business and all those things, but not government? Where did that stop? Yeah. You, you know, where did you give up your authority here? Right. So when we're talking about Romans 13, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get right into it here. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, Mike, we yeah, can just, let's we, can do just it. we can just hop right into this thing. Yep. Um, I, there it is. There it is. I'm sorry. I just clicked out that window. I got a ton of windows open right now. <laughs> a, a, a lot. We're always uh, doing research. Always. And so I'm trying to get this thing to work here. There we go. There we go. Oh, here it is. Every person is to be in subjection to governing authorities. If you have your Bible out, you guys can pull it out. If you don't, get it on your phone. You guys can watch and read along with us. And I'll break down piece by piece by piece. Every, every person is to be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Listen to what he's saying. Every person is to be in subjection to governing authorities, not governing people. Listen close, okay? For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Would God establish a tyrannical nation? Would God establish a nation to steal from you? or to take away rights that he's given you? Would God establish a country? Now, the reason why Saul was established is because the people wanted it. So that's called reaping and sowing. They wanted that kind of a nation. God didn't set, up, set it up that way. He, he, he established something called the Hebrew Republic, which is what Moses had under him. And then he established judges under him and you know uh, captains of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens and such. Go ahead. And we, we want to give clarification to that because the a lot of people are confused. Well, what type of government is a godly government. So originally God had set up this system of judges. So there wasn't supposed to be a real central authority outside of God in exactly. Israel. Exactly. What happened was the people got sick of the judges system and they decided what we're going to do is we want a king like everybody else. That's exactly. They wanted and one man to make the decisions. Exactly. And, and God said, they're not rejecting you. He says this to his prophet, Samuel. He says, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Oof. They're calling for a king because they're rejecting God. Now, God still uses the king's system in order to get his will yeah. done. So basically what the people were arguing for was a change to the whole system of government. And what happened is from then on, God said, okay, I will put authorities over you you need to submit to them. And that's really what Romans 13 is mm -hmm. saying is, look, there is an authority that can you can submit to, a.k.a. if you call yourself Christian, yeah. you can't just decide, I'm going off into the woods, I'm not submitting to any authority, I'm being an anarchist. That's, that's not right. what God was saying. God no was way. saying, no, there are offices that you are to submit to and respect. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So the authority, like... What is the authority in our government right now? What is the true authority? What is the truth? What is it something that our government submits to? Our, our state of government, the way it is right now, the way it was intended. What is the system that they're submitted to right now? Could you guys comment below? It's a little delay, so I won't see these till, till after a minute. That's right, Paul. First Samuel 8, you're exactly right. It's called the Constitution. I wish Paul was here because he, him and I broke this down for a minute. Yeah, but um, the, our government submits to something called the Constitution. Now, I've heard people say this to me before, and Jared and I were talking about it. You guys worship that Constitution. It's like your Bible. You're mixing it. You're with mixing it with politics. Yeah. Listen to me. The Constitution is not doctrine. Has nothing to do with doctrine. You know what it has everything to do with? Making sure the federal government doesn't infringe upon your rights. 
That entire document was written to protect something called the Declaration of Independence. And that Declaration of Independence laid out clearly where rights come from, talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and uh, what it used to say before was property, protecting your property. And so the government is supposed to submit to this paper called the Constitution. It has nothing to do with doctrine. It has everything to do with holding their feet to the fire. Just like I'm a preacher or a pastor, right? And I go out and my people would tell me if I preached a message that was uh, heretical, Ooh. they would use a scripture against or to, to me good. and reprove me because like it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction and righteousness, right? So yeah. it makes me perfect is what it does. The same thing with the constitution. The only way it can be violated, which it can't be really violated, but the only way to change it is to amend the thing, okay? And that's the problem is we see people writing bills, but according to Article 6, Section 2, anything that goes against the law of the land is not supreme anymore. So those bills really have, or they're null and void in a lot of ways because we're not even studying this law. So our government is not hierarchy. Our government is submitted to this paper called the Constitution, which protects the American person with their rights is what it does. Yep. And, it, and it, it, it stops the federal government from infringing on your rights. And one of the things that we want to point out is with the state and local issue, a lot of people have said Trump's not doing enough. He's he's not grabbing enough power in this and, and good de declaring national stuff. And we're actually really proud of him for for, for the, not for being reserved on this. Um, you and I'm I'm having fun watching the experiment go on between the states of who's doing what. Uh, but you're seeing some states, the governors are deciding, well, I'm going to throw out a bunch of executive orders. The problem is, does that supersede or does it not? Does it have to submit to the Constitution? Mm. And that's one thing you always have to weigh it against is the Constitution is the supreme framework and foundation of the land. So everything gets weighed by the Constitution. So whatever anybody comes out with it has to go back and get weighed by the constitution is does this line up so we watched the whole gun control debate happening in virginia a couple of months ago everybody was arguing about the second amendment well if you're going to argue that the states have all the rights you don't have an argument for the second amendment do you see what i'm saying because all, all of a sudden at that point the second amendment federally matters but it doesn't matter in a state or a local issue no it matters even in a state and the local issues so cities and states that have decided to infringe the second amendment right. are actually being unconstitutional 100%, 100%. hence why it can move up to the supreme court right now judicial system supreme court let's move that aside right that's a yeah, whole that's different Article argument three, but, that's a whole other but that topic. movement upwards is evidence and justification of the idea that the Constitution weighs everything that's passed 100%. from a local level all the way up. Hundred percent, dude. The power and authority given to the states and local is anything the Constitution 100%. doesn't cover. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm gonna go back to Romans 13. This is verse two. Okay, because we said that uh, all the authority is established by God. He wouldn't create a government. It's the people that elect bad people. As a matter of fact, it was Noah Webster that said, it's bad men. We elect bad men to make it administer the laws. That's what happens with governments. Mm -hmm. God sets up things that are perfect here, right? So when he establishes an authority, what is that authority submitted to? And could that authority usurp God? Oh. That's the question. So you got to be careful how you're addressing these scriptures. Verse 2 says this, Therefore, whoever resists the authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. If the authority is godly and righteous and you break the law and you resist it, 
Look what it says. You receive condemnation on yourselves. Have you ever been pulled over? Has anybody been pulled over for DUI? I never have. But if you have, didn't you feel condemned? Hmm. Didn't you feel like, man, I'm, I'm screwed? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here, buddy. I'm, I'm, up, I'm up the creek without a paddle on this one, right? Because you feel condemned. You, you, you went against the authority. You, you did something against the law. Right, and that, I'm just using this as an example. Whether you think that should be law or not, that's that's a, again yeah, a different another topic. argument. But it's the fact that it is law, right? It says here, therefore, whoever resists the authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation on themselves. Verse three, for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Here's the hangup: Who gave the government authority to determine what good and evil is? Hmm. Essential, non-essential. Yeah. Who gave the authority to government to determine good and evil? If God establishes the governing authority, who determines good and evil? The Lord. God establishes what good and what is evil, i.e., men must know the law of God. They have to know the law of God. That's why when we're coming out with this new stuff, 10x10, it's going to use the, the uh, merge the Ten Commandments with the Ten Amendments. It's going to go uh, correlate back and forth and how they work together. But that's why morality was so important. That's why George Washington said religion and morality are essential pillars to civil society. That's why John Adams said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. Can't exist in a government of any other. Because if you're not moral, then guess who determines what good and evil is? Government. Yep. Not God anymore. Yep. And then who do you submit to eventually out of fear? Government. That's exactly what happens. Go ahead. Yeah, one thing I want to point out, because I want to always bring this back, because we really are talking a lot about like what should the churches do in this situation, because you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So as Massey continues, I want you to look at these verses and say, how does this relate to what's going on for the church, right? So who determines whether or not the church should meet? Is it the government or is it God? And then what is God saying about that? What what should the church do as, yep. as far as what would God command? And and we can get into scripturally right. what what is the church supposed right. to do in times of crisis, right? But 100%. No, 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 you're good. Uh, see, for, teller, ter, for rulers are not a terror or not a cause for fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise of the same. For his, Now listen to this. This is verse four. For government or for rulers are a minister of God to you for what? Good. I hope you're following along here. For rulers is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. In other words, the only purpose of government is to punish evil. To make sure that there's a justice behind. Because you, you notice how the Bible says that we're not supposed to have wrath upon wrath, vengeance on vengeance. That's for the federal government. If someone does, does you wrong, that's why governments are established. Things like cops and things and judges. Because they determine the punishment. That's what they're created to do. Now, what happens when that government or that authority or that judge has no morality? Mm -hmm. Only has his own. Oh, boy. Bribery. You know, can anybody say bribery? Can anybody say avarice? Maliciousness? Right. Or again, determining what is an essential or what is not essential or arresting pastors or parishioners for going to church. Yeah. Even during a pandemic, which there's no constitutional basis for. And you cannot use Romans 13 as an argument. Romans 13 is completely antithetical to what you're using it for. And I'm not mad about that. I'm saying you're using it the wrong way. They're supposed to submit to the Constitution. So what happens if they're not submitted to the Constitution? Are they really an authority? Hmm. 
See, if you read the declaration, the founders called something, they said something called, they used pretended, the king used pretended legislation. Pretended legislation. What does the word pretend mean? Do, 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 do. Make believe. Make believe. They just made up stuff. That's what you're seeing today. They're making up stuff. And you know what happens? You know why people run in fear? This is the only reason, because they're not educated. Yep. Right? Watch this. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to use another quote here real quick. This is actually uh, Samuel Adams. He wrote this to James Warren in 1779. If virtue and knowledge are diffused or dispersed among the people, they will never be enslaved. This will be their great security. This will be their great security. Virtue and knowledge. What does virtue mean? Moral goodness. Where does that come from? According to the Webster's Dictionary of 1828, God's law. You can't get away from God. You, religion and politics go hand in hand, man. Yeah. Especially... Especially with the foundation of the nation, right? Oh my gosh. So one of the things that you remind me of is William Blackstone, right? You, William Blackstone was really his volumes on the law and, and, and the backbone of law was really foundational for the founding of America. And guess what Blackstone said? If it doesn't follow God's law, it can't be law. It can't be law. Now, listen to this. Uh, Paul Garner just said this. If we resist an unconstitutional law, we are not opposing God. Our constitution is God-ordained. Amen. He's exactly right. And now, so I can hear the people now. You're saying that the constitution was inspired by God? Follow the men that wrote it. Yeah. And why did they write it? Why did they write it? Because they wrote early again in 1776, from 1774 to 76, they deliberated this thing called independence. And the one person that they determined was the giver of all rights was something called divine providence. Notice they never used the word God. They said the father of lights, divine providence, uh, laws of nature, nature's God, all those things, beautiful titles of who God is. Uh, and, and so... At the end, they said, with the help of divine providence, we pledge our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. So the Constitution was not something written. Uh, to, uh, it was written to protect God-given liberty. That's it. It wasn't written for any other reason. It was to make sure that man can't rule over other men. That if man breaks the law, then we have judges in place, just like they had in the old Hebrew Republic. The same thing. They had judges in place to take care of these laws. The only reason for a government is to make sure that we can restrain men's sin, like passions, not sin, but their, the action of their yeah. passions. That's it. That's all they're created to do is to stop evil. But they can't be the bearers of evil. They can't be the bearers or the ones who decide what a church is. The church is ordained by God. That's that's a God-given right. It's written in the First ooh, Amendment. Ooh, the Bill of ooh. Rights already tells you that you have the right to practice your religion freely. Churches are already covered under that. You don't need a special 501c3 to make you a church. You don't need a lawyer to tell you you're a church. You are a church because according to 1 John, the anointing and the unction comes from above. That's what makes a church. Yeah. Amen? And, and let's go back to the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment or free exercise Come thereof. On, dude. Free exercise. Exercise, a.k.a. exercise your religion. You know the beauty of the difference between worship and religion? Worship is the idea of in your mind. Mm. You, you can worship in your mind, right? And, and we were having government leaders now saying, well, you can worship at home. There's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead and do it in right. your living room. That's fine. But there's a difference between worship and religion because Dude, religion is a up. system of your straight beliefs, up. right? And if your system of beliefs includes we forsaking of the brethren, do not forsake the brethren, right? Totally. Come together. 
Well, if that's part of your system of beliefs and the government is now trying to tell you you can't do that, what they're actually doing is trying to restrict your free exercise dude. of your religion. 100%. You nailed it. You nailed it. So I'm going to go back again to Romans 13. Uh, let's see. We already said it's a minister of God. Notice it's the word, the word it uses is a minister of God. Would the minister of God tell you not to do something? That God ordained you to tell you to exactly, not dude. This is so good. <laughs> and that, now listen to this: If you do what is evil, be afraid, for it doesn't bear the sword for nothing. This is verse uh, four. Uh, it says, "For as a minister of God, an avenger of those who bring wrath uh, on the one who practices evil." Verse five says, "Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but for conscience' sake." Listen to verse six: For because of this, you also pay taxes again. This was written under a tyrannical government at the time, or a monarchical government that used taxes to get what it was supposed to be done. Up until, if Paul could correct me, I think he's, he's watching here. We didn't have a, income, a direct income tax federally. No, until, until 1913. 13 or 1911, one of the two. When the Federal Reserve Woodrow was Woodrow Wilson, enacted, yes. Yeah. Before the federal government didn't directly tax the American people, the states taxed. And that state paid taxes into the federal government for it to operate and did what it did. But now it started to directly tax the people. Now, that happened by an amendment. Okay, I can, I can say that. I can follow that, but I will fight against it. I will, because they're using our tax money now. These ministers of God that everybody says we should just submit to are using it for abortions. They're using it uh, for, for, for things like uh, uh, Planned Parenthood. They're using it for things like public schools, which teach literally uh, ungodly things and sex ed and all these things that I can teach my kids, right? That's why we decided not to do public school, right? Yeah. So all these things, they go to things that I don't agree with, and I think they're tyrannical. I think they're evil, right? But how come they can do it with my money? Why? Why do they fund these things, right? Uh, a lot of these three-letter programs that happen from the federal government, where is their authority constitutionally? <laughs> Paul can correct. Pa Paul will tell you right now. They don't have the authority. They just don't have unelected it. Unelected bureaucrats. They're unelected, right? Let's continue. It says this, uh, uh, you also pay taxes for rulers or servants to God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all whom is due, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Why is it that is applied only to the people and not the government? Ooh. How come they don't honor the Constitution? How come they don't honor or fear the Constitution and the law? How come they don't fear their job? That if they violate their oath, that we can remove them by impeachment? which is something we should do, yeah. right? Because you know what, folks? You may think this is heretical. That's okay. You, we're all going to have opinions. I'm not mad at you for that. As a matter of fact, I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to sit with you and have coffee, right? I really would, and, I, and I've done it, and I still ask Mike. I do it all the time uh, with people that disagree. I don't mind that. I really don't mind that you disagree. Here's my question. Would you rather live free or under tyranny, soft tyranny? Because that's what's happening. Where you can't do anything without government approval. Yeah, and, and the soft tyranny idea We've got to see what's going on. Yes, right Paul, now. taxation is stuff. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got to see what's going on. Right now, we're all, all of a sudden, we've got Fauci talking about uh, immunity cards. Mm. You have to have an ID. You know, this idea is being passed around of having immunity cards. There's other countries that are doing GPS where it tracks where you're going and determines whether or not you're in a place that you're allowed to be or not. We have areas in the U.S. that are saying you can't leave your home for more than an hour, hour and a half. We've got a mayor in Chicago who tells everybody you're not allowed to go get your hair done. And then what does she do? She goes and gets a haircut. When asked about it, she says, well, I'm on TV. I'm a public figure. It's important for me. I have good hygiene. <laughs> I mean, yes, what? I know, I know, but this is, again, I love doing scripture because scripture makes so much sense when you apply it the right way. 
It and, sure does. and it applies every day to life. It, it does. It does. This applies to everyday life. Now listen, verses eight to ten is directed to the people. But does this standard leave when you become a politician? Hmm. Listen, owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves a neighbor, uh, his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Listen to verse nine. For this, you don't commit adultery. What happens when you're a politician? You can just do that and receive no recourse. When God holds me to a standard, you shall not murder. You don't kill. What about all these useless wars that we've been going to for years, dude? Years spending billions, trillions of dollars on war. Yeah. War. Is it true national defense? Is it true national defense? You got to ask yourself now, whether you believe it is or not, that's not the question. You do your own homework. Do you, listen, the, the beginning of this, we said, this is our opinion, but scripture's clear. So you can't deny scripture. You can try to justify tyranny. Go ahead. I don't want to. I want my kids to be free. That's what I want. I want us to be free again. Like, we don't have to worry about the stuff where it's like a pandemic, which again, the numbers don't justify a pandemic right now. They just don't. That they shut down churches. Are you crazy? Look, again, you. I'm, I'm not talking about churches shutting down. I'm talking about the government making law to shut them down. Yeah. If you wanted to shut them down, I will say it again. I've said it in past podcasts and on posts. That was your choice. Praise God. If that's what you feel you needed to do, amen. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging you for that, and I will never do that. We, Matter of fact, God bless you, and I pray for you constantly. We support your decision. 100%. You're not a coward for doing that if you felt that it was the right thing to do. The question is, did you do it out of love or out of fear? Mm. If you did it out of fear, that's where the problem is of, of, of a government. That's not America, man. There's no freedom there. I just, we, we did a meme on self-evidence page that said, are they going to let us out by July 4th to celebrate our freedoms? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, seriously, this is ridiculous like, that we live in this kind of a society. Let's continue. It says this, for this, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. Taxation is theft. You shall not covet. Desire something that is not yours. Do you see government growing out of this or shrinking? <laughs> oh, dude, you saw local governments just grow with power. Yep. They just, man, they were all about. Now, I'll give Sheriff Snyder credit here. Martin County. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, totally. A hundred percent. I was in the room with him when he told all the commissioners, when he said, we're not a totalitarian government here. We're a constitutional one. Amen. And I stand for the Constitution. It's like, oh, dude, and, I love you. And I was I was telling somebody about there's a commercial on radio in Palm Beach County where it's it's funny to see the difference between Martin County and Palm Beach and those of you who don't live in Florida there Palm Beach is right underneath Martin County so you're you're one boundary away from each other um, the Palm Beach Sheriff has this radio announcement going on this commercial and what it's basically saying is if you don't comply, I've got the right to arrest you. So, you know, just comply, submit, and we won't have a problem. That's really what he's saying. So, you know, it's, it's, you're getting a difference between things and between people of how they approach it. And we, we want to clap for Snyder because dude, he approached it the right way. He really did. Look what Todd said. Could you read Todd's quote? Didn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get blessed for denying a Come government on. edict? And it wasn't done as a political statement. They did it because they obeyed the voice of God. They obeyed a word from the Lord. So if a church decides to stay open, folks, and you're Christian, you believe they should have shut down, who are you to tell them they didn't hear from the Lord to stay open? Amen. We're not telling you you're wrong if you shut them, but don't tell me I'm wrong if I decided to open them. Listen, 
If God tells me to do something, that's something you won't do. I'm not wrong for that. You're not wrong for your conscience either. Listen, I go out teaching about the constitution, law, government. Do you know how many times I have heard that I'm wrong? But they don't realize that I get to go into colleges and public schools and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. He's been with me many times where I get to lay hands on people and they get set free by the power of Christ because God is good. You may think it's wrong, but I know what I'm called to do. I, I was called to be on the streets for years doing street ministry and preaching. I love that stuff. I obeyed the voice of God, whether government told me to or not. Yes, we went into public schools where they tell you you can't as a Christian. We did them and we do them still. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's no problem with that. You may not do that. That is okay. That is not a judgment. But do not judge a church for feeling that they want to uh, demonstrate the power of God by being open during a pandemic so that souls, number one, can get set free. Number two, that they could receive healing. Number three, that they can develop a community. And number four, they can give hope to people that need it by community. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And if man and articles are the things you're going by and safety Gosh, man, I, I question, you know what I mean? And I want to cover something that, that I've been seeing as well as this idea of you don't actually care about your congregation if your church doors are open. Now, besides a, a smack on the forehead, uh, I want to cover this because this idea is prevalent. It's you don't care about somebody's physical health. Oh, come on. So that. therefore, you should keep your doors closed because you need to care about people's physical health. And I've got to call you out on that in the sense of, Let's say it does endanger people's physical health. What is more important than that? Is it their physical health so that they have a few more days on the face of the earth? Or is it their spiritual health and their soul that's more important? Would you rather somebody have 20 years and not know Christ or have two days and know Christ? It really is that important. And you'll say, well, they can get saved watching a video at home. And who knows? Maybe they can. They, there's it, no, it can of happen. Of course they can. Of it course can they happen, can. Right? But the community, the gathering of the brethren, the, the church itself, the body, right? Your body doesn't work as well if your arm is in the other room and your leg is Hunter, over in the bathroom. Dude. I'm telling you, man. You work best when you are completely together. 100%. Your body, a.k.a. the church, works best when it is in communion together and it is one body working together. Now, can it work in everybody's household watching their video? Yes, but it doesn't work with the same power Dude. because there's power in the group. There's power in the brethren, right? And there is a spiritual power that happens when people come together worshiping the name of God. And 100%. that's the big thing is praise and worship. You can praise and worship in your kitchen, absolutely. But there's something that happens when people are gathered together in Christ's name and they worship and praise without yep. ceasing. 100%, there is not dude. only a spiritual power, Gosh, but a awesome. physical job. healing that Good can job, happen dude. as well. Right? So Good job. what we're basically saying is it's either great correlation, dude. either physical health or you don't care. No, actually, I do care very much about their physical health, but I care absolutely more about their spiritual That's health. That's right, dude. That's why shutting down businesses, I even said this in the last live, that do you know how men were created to work? Like, we go nuts. That's why I think some men really get depressed because yeah. if they're not doing what they're called to. Three days, like, I go crazy. Dude, it's like you just can't stop, right? To tell a person that they're non-essential, I mean, the, the Michigan governor just did that. Where she was like, well, oh, landscapers are like, she goes like, low income workers really don't have a say. I mean, literally, it's on video. Uh, Andrew Gurink shared that. Yeah, Unbelievable she what she said. And it's like, 
Who are you to determine what is essential and what is not? For that worker, it's essential. For that business owner who owns that landscape company, is essential. You know, for some people to fix their house, it makes their self-esteem, makes them feel good yeah. inside that they can do something for someone else and provide work. Like you're, you're looking at this all wrong, right? How come a liquor store is? Thank you so much. You know what I mean? Essential. Thank you so much because I thought that earlier today. Right. Uh, sorry to steal your point. No, go, I, dude. I was you're, driving. You're killing it. You're I was, killing it. I was driving, and my first thought was, wait a second. We've considered liquor essential. Dude. We've considered lottery tickets essential. Essential. But church is not essential. Business so, is not so, essential. And and I've I've really wondered this. Melissa and I were sitting in a parking lot. We went to Sonic to get some ice cream. Shout yes, out yes, you to did. Sonic. Love you. God is good. God is good. And we were sitting and I was looking. It's it's in this like strip mall outlet area. And I was looking at all the businesses that I knew were closed. And my question was, how come government can decide to tell somebody whether or not their business can stay open and and put yourself in their shoes 20 years ago you decide you know what i want to open an electronics store i know electronics i'm good at it i'm going to open this store we do electronic repair and a situation occurs where the government comes along and they tell you you cannot be open right. So Boy. you spent 20 years scrounging and kind of pulling stuff together and you've made yep. a small living. Yep. You, you've been able to make it year to year. And all of a sudden the government comes out and tells you, you are not allowed Come on. to keep your business open for several months. You, you can't make income. You can't make revenue. You, you're not allowed to conduct business. Dude. Why? Because we've determined you're not essential right now. So that business owner who's been open for 20 years and has owned that small business and gotten by is now all of a sudden determined not to be essential by the government and basically told, sorry, screw you. Your business is closed. Good luck. Hey, we'll float you an SBA loan to try and get you by. Good luck getting that if you're banking with one of the major banks. Right. But this idea of now all of a sudden government is telling people who's essential and who's not. Whose business can survive and whose business can't? That's right. Who can thrive? Who can't? All because you chose the wrong business 20, 30 years ago and you stuck with it. So No, 100%. I think the last end of this uh, Romans 8 argument or thing is love does no wrong. This is verse 10. Love does no wrong to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Again, if you love your neighbors yourself, you're not going to do anything to violate them or violate their conscience. Or anything like that. So again, we can go on to First uh, Peter two real fast. Yeah, let's um, let's see here. It's First Peter two verse thirteen. If you guys have your Bibles, you guys can go through it with us. Here it is: Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether as king, as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for what, for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. I keep thinking the King James version, so it's a praise of those who do well. Yeah. But it says, submit yourselves to the Lord, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution. For whose sake? The Lord's. Would the Lord send somebody to become tyrannical against his kids? Would he do that? Now, some of you will say, well, they're in authority. They shut down the churches. No, no, no. It's because we allowed them to do that. Yeah. Because we weren't vigilant enough to select leaders who had the mind of God, first off, and, and understood their authority. That they can't touch a church according to the Bill of Rights. That they can't touch the church. They just can't touch the church. And I, I want to add to that. I believe a nation, a group of people are really responsible for the leader they bring forth. If you look at the Jews, you look at Israel, 
they were responsible for their leader. And it wasn't that their leader ended up corrupting the nation. It was that the nation was corrupt and brought forth an irresponsible, corrupt leader. Um, and especially in a republic where we have the free exercise of election, we're bringing forth the leaders that we want to bring forth. And so it's up to us. It's our responsibility on whether or not we have a tyrannical government. Now, here's where you have to be careful, because once you give the power, it is really hard to get that power back. And we've got to be careful of who we Dude, hand power I know, to. Man, Dude, and you can't you can't get anywhere. From, you, you can't go any much more than that. Let's continue that. Let's continue that. It says this order governors as sent by him for the punishment of who? Yep. For the punishment of evildoers. Is it evil? To have a church open during a pandemic? Is it against your conscience? Bro, but beyond that, they're punishing. Yeah, they're punishing people for going to a church. Now, again, they reversed it. But the fact that they went that far in the first place because people were saying, well, it's Romans 13. It is what it is. This is not rebellion, guys. All I'm saying to you is we have a nation that our founders thought this much of. They thought this far, that a government was tyrannical and it was usurping the rights of the people. That's why they created America. And in this nation, you have the right to freedom of speech, press, the right to worship God freely in your conscience, free exercise to that worship, freedom to assemble, all that stuff because they believed what we're telling you. Now, if they didn't believe that, then they went against the superpower ungodly. They did it ungodly and they shouldn't have been blessed by it. And then we shouldn't have the right to speak at all because, hey, it was right for the king to do what he was doing. You can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? You cannot have it both ways. I remember I was debating. I can't remember if it's the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witnesses that don't do the, the, the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't like getting in politics. I think it's Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, and, and they said, well, we don't agree with politics. We don't agree. We don't even get it. We don't, we don't do the Pledge of Allegiance. We don't do any of that stuff. I said, but it's the same nation that you have the freedom of speech, though, right? You have the freedom of speech to do what you're doing every day on the streets, which I commend you, by the way, if you're Jehovah's Witnesses. Hey. Praise God. Yeah. Dude, they thoughts? have – I'm going to be honest with you. Do you know how, you know how awesome – I don't want to say awesome their religion because I know it's, there's some, there's some uh, uh, theological differences <laughs> that, are, that, that are not good, that are unscriptural. But they've won more court cases for religious freedom in this nation than any denomination. They've won more court cases for religious freedom because they go out and practice it. They go out door to door preaching the gospel. You may not agree with them, but that's what they're doing. And they've won more court cases for religious freedom than any denomination. Right? So you can't, you can't deny that. But here we go. Let's get back to this. I, I, I'm almost done. And I hope you guys are learning something from this. Uh, it says this, For such is the will of God that by well-doing you may put the silence to ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as, con uh, as covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. But in this nation, honor the what? The king is the constitution. The king is the law of the land. They can't go outside of that. Again, if you're going to use these scriptures, please use them correctly. I'm not saying, I'm not judging you. I'm saying, yeah. please use them correctly. That's all. Now, here's, here's a question that I want to pose to you because some people might say, oh, well, Okay, submit to the king. If the king asks the church to close, are you to submit to what that king has decreed? Because now all of a sudden you're putting against the king, which you're sup supposed to submit to, and the church. And that's really what's going on here right now is are we, are we going to submit to the authorities or are we going to submit to the church? And you have to 100%. decide, is the church yep. with its doors open 
following God or following um, rebellion? And th- this is a this is an age old question here, and this is uh, Sutrambino. She said, "Why are abortion clinics open and people can go in with no masks, no gloves, and not sitting six feet apart? But four people standing twelve feet apart, praying outside peacefully, wearing gloves and masks, are arrested, but the people in the abortion clinics aren't." That's called that's called selective tyranny, right there. It's like that is that is tyranny to the max. Where what are you really attacking? See, people say it's not an attack on religious freedom. It really is. It it, it is. Why was David Benham arrested for uh, protesting outside of a uh, um, a Planned Parenthood? He was arrested for that, and they followed the guidelines. They were six feet apart, all that stuff, which are just guidelines. There's, that's not even a law. They're just guidelines for crying out loud, right? And he got arrested for that. Listen to that, and the cops said we have every right to do it, and he's and he he was calm with them, cool with them. Said, hey, I'm following the guidelines. Why are you gonna? Re- I mean, literally, in in America. Were the cops wearing masks and gloves? No, not at all. Were the cops six feet apart? Nope, not at all. <laughs> so, I mean, I think in the end, what we want to do is bring clarity to Scripture. And I hope, again, that you learned something. If you did, comment below. But there is so much right now that needs to be learned by Scripture. And some will disagree. I just had one guy disagree with me now. He said that I went too far on taxes. I said I'd pay him if it was a state, but yeah. I don't want it to go on godliness. And yes, a lot of the taxation right now is theft to me. It is. That's what the founders believe, dude. I mean, that's not that's not anything new. So I don't I mean, I don't really care. I'm just saying that people are going to disagree with you. And that's okay. I don't mind that your, your public opinion. The public opinion doesn't sway me. Right. What does sway me is the truth. Yeah. It really does. Now, and go ahead. I, I want to add to that. So that whole taxation thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there are different methods to getting the situation changed. 100%. Right. So with taxation, the method might be, okay, elect people in to your state legislature, to your federal legislature, who will change what you need them to change, right? So maybe that's your best method or or recourse in this nation. Uh Each church has to decide, is their best method to change what's going on to civil disobedience or getting the law changed when it conflicts with God? 100%. When it conflicts with God. When it conflicts with God and his law, okay? Now, William Blackstone, it's the last quote because we got it. I think we're already in an yeah, hour. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're, we, we hit it. I, again, if you guys learned something, please let us know. If you guys comment down below, please, we'll read them and we'll, we'll try to answer as many things as we can. Um, and again, if you disagree with us, that's fine. I mean, I'm not mad at you at all. I, you know, please don't take us out of context, though. Yeah. I mean, especially when it's live, it's tough to, to wrangle all your thoughts in, but just don't take us out of context. Uh, it says this uh, William Blackstone said, in all tyrannical governments, the supreme magistracy or the right of both making and enforcing the laws, in other words, in one person or one body, is vested in one and the same man, one and the same body of men, and wherever these two powers are united together, there can be no public liberty. When you see the, 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 the CDC and all these guys basically making and enforcing law, oof, buddy, and they're making people enforce law, ugh, tyranny, buddy. There's just yep. ain't going to be no public liberty. There's yep. just not. right. So we want to leave you with hope. That the God of heaven is still true and rings true today. That the same spirit that was going on, by, uh, uh, that rose Jesus from the dead is raising you today. That there's hope right now. All we're doing is teaching you something that, frankly, we were never taught. Mm-hmm. But why we stand for it is because, I, again, we love freedom. I, and and my, uh, one of our friends said it this morning at church. He said on live, uh, on the live stream, he said, um, uh, he said, I, thank God I live in a nation where I can preach freely. And I can believe and practice freely in America. Thank God I have a nation like that. Thank God he does. And I want to preserve that. Yeah. I don't want people to tell us that we can or can't do anything. 
unless it infringes the rights of another. That's where you go too far, okay? So why we believe is because God set us free from the law of sin and death. God set us free. But then there's this other side too where it's like, if I'm free spiritually, why can't I be free naturally, right? So that's why we we, we stand on these principles and we want to keep standing. So if you guys want to, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you know, you had mentioned hope and a lot of times we, we get into the teaching and so we go about, okay, what needs to be corrected because of the teaching? But I do want to end on hope like he was ending on. We have the power and the opportunity to continue on. And all it takes is people standing up and being willing to do what they need to do, right? And maybe you ask, well, I don't know what I need to do. I'm not sure what, what I have to do. It means being involved. It means going to your local meetings. It means being a part of your city council. It means running for your state legislature for federal, right? Maybe it's not that. Maybe you don't feel called to politics. That's fine. Then you really need to be called to the spiritual realm. And you need to be praying. You need to be standing up. You need to be firm. You need to be um, conveying the heart of Christ to your church leadership. Um, and there is hope because there are people who are willing to stand. Look, if if our founding fathers can stand against the most powerful military in the world at that time, they were outnumbered, what, 20 to 1, and they still won. Why? Because of the providence of God. You could say, well, because they had France backing them. That was the providence of God because guess what? When Washington was surrounded, they were about to be crushed. The French Navy showed up just in the nick of time to win that battle, which was decisive and won the war. So don't tell me it's not God's providence because guess what? God showed up at exactly the right time to make the right moves in order to instill this nation on free foundation and liberty. So the beauty of that is you have hope because there are people willing to stand up. Amen. And guess what? He and I are two people who are willing to stand up and we're going to make our voices heard. Yeah. We're going to put it out. Guess what? We will get criticized. We will get backlash. We will get negative comments. Guess what? That's Lord. okay. And when you have peace in Christ, you're willing to stand and you're willing to go against what's being asked of you when you know it's not right. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that is you die with peace and contentment. Well, come on, that's extreme. You may die for what you stand Truth. for. And if you can stand for Christ, you can die with peace. And we stand for Christ because we stand for the salvation he gives, the salvation you can have so that no matter what, whether you live under a tyrannical government or you live in one of the freest nations in the world, supposedly, was, you can have peace and contentment in Christ. And the beauty, beautiful part of it is we want peace and liberty. We want freedom for people because we don't want people under tyranny we don't these. want them restricted yeah we want salvation for let's everybody just, no matter what let, let's so. just answer some of these questions real quick because sure. i know we're going long but it's okay because i want to answer some of these um jan just asked where are these comments going there was just a ton of them uh, why can't i see them though uh let's see here it is the, is there hope yeah. for believers standing together when their opinions beliefs and convictions are so dramatically opposed even on these types of things Absolutely. I mean, what this is going to take is so much work, you know, and that yeah. we have to keep standing, have to keep preaching. It's kind of like, you know, I, I got to think for, 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 for the nation before when they were under tyrannical oppression, you know, in 1773, you know, four, you know, in the times where John Adams was screaming, you know, during the Declaration of Independence, like, uh, you guys are fighting this, but my town's getting bombed right now. Yeah. Boston, yeah. we're like going under, you know, like, 
And he kept standing and standing. It took years for these guys to come together. And so it's going to take time. You're going to meet opposition because that's the that's who's in authority or power right right now. And so don't be afraid. You just have to keep standing. Go ahead. Yeah. And I, I want to answer that, too. Um, you're going to get people that are going to burn off. Yep. And, and that, that sounds blunt, but it's true. You're going to get a lot of people who just they're not going to cut it. And it's really going to show the truth of what their beliefs and their convictions are. There are a lot of people who hold Christ when everything's stable. And as soon as instability shows up, they're grasping for the first thing they can get, which a lot of times is government, because government looks like they can hold it. Um, so you're going to have those people fall away, right? But there will be a strong set of people that coalesce together and come up. And they may not agree on the details, but the big things are important, and the big yeah. things are what they pay attention 100%. to. hundred percent. And that's when you find your brethren and your, your brotherhood, yep. your body to stand firm, right? And, and like you were saying, the founders, they found their brethren and, and their brotherhood. Mm -hmm. there, there was a small number of them, but they looked out and they said, look, we all have the same strong conviction, and we might die. We might hang. Our families might get killed, dude. but we stand for this belief and this they conviction, and we're going to move forward. And guess Man. what? They created America out of that conviction. Yeah, and here, uh, if you guys uh, love what we're doing, my wife really wanted me to talk about this. We are uh, doing a new monthly program called The Torchbearers. If you guys want to be a part of that, you guys can go on. Uh, I just pinned the comment up there, theselfevidenttruth.com, uh, and you can see uh, up there on the deal that we're doing uh, some monthly support. Uh, it's growing. People are really responding to the ministry. It just keeps us going out there, pr producing content, uh, putting out the new curriculums and things like that. So, you guys, we just want to thank you. If you want to end it because this is your <laughs> podcast, I'm just talking. But um, I want to thank you for listening, for sharing, for, for responding, for buying the, the curriculums. Those are still out right now. If you go to theselfevidenttruth.teachable.com, you guys can sign up and get one of those. If you guys use the promo code covid I had it on the post before, COVID. You get uh, sixty dollars off, which is exciting. I know I didn't make that. I didn't make it up, but it is what it is. <laughs> I got friends that did, oh, and uh, I mean the, the team we have is cool, man. <laughs> they're they're killing it right now. They Absolutely. changed everything. If you look at the logos and all our new stuff, they're they're doing awesome. Uh, so if you guys want to support, please go online and on the pin comment up there. And we just appreciate it so much, guys. You, the prayers are everything for us right now. We need them. We are we are Seriously. literally changing the message to hope. Yeah. You know, it's not just pointing out error anymore. It's hope. Yeah. That guys, the more t like Samuel Adams said, if virtue and knowledge are diffused through a community, that will be their safeguard. Mm -hmm. Virtue and knowledge. That's all we can do right now. And God will do the rest. I only can do what I'm called to do. Do you hear that? I only can do what I'm called to do. If you're called to run your church, run your church. If you're an apostle, a prophet, whatever you are, do what you're called to do and let the Lord do the results. Leave the results to God. I believe that was John Quincy Adams that said that. Do all that you can do. Leave the results to God. That's faithfulness. Amen. So, yeah, guys, this is Self-Evident Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this live. That was right? fun. That was fun. We have a blast doing that this. That was fun, uh, dude. We love this new format. So be sure to comment. Be sure to share, even if yeah. you don't like it. If you hate it, if you totally disagree <laughs> tell with your, us. Tell your, tell, yeah. tell your friends tell, about it. Tell all your friends. Tell, <laughs> tell all of your left-wing liberal friends. Go ahead and share it on Reddit yep. or Tumblr or wherever Whatever. you want to go and be like, we need Do to it. lambast these guys. That's right. Go for we it. We love it. Hey, we're here. And if you have questions, ask. Yeah. Ask. We're, we're totally open for your questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I'm Mike. Hey, this is Massey. Tis I. And uh, we love you guys. Yeah, we'll see you soon, okay? We'll see you next Sunday. Yes. All right. Let's do it.